0: we're back
1: <laughs>
2: my computer is bugging out so hard and we all got logged out before since the last time that we went live so i had no clue the music actually fucking stopped this is Clearly. This is going great so far it's going great it's, so far hey we're
0: back that's what matters it's great I mean, to see you boys f-
1: again it's been a while it would have mattered if we started the show on time and like accurately but you know it's all good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, this I mean, is just part
1: for the, this is us,
0: okay. In fairness,
2: I never said what time we would be back. Just the days we would be back, and even that might be changing. So we'll we'll talk about what's coming up in the future on this show uh, before too long.
0: Uh,
2: I blame Mother Nature. Uh, she's, it's all her fault. Uh, I've got a funny story. I blame
1: later. you personally, Tug. Actually, yeah, that's <laughs> your fault specifically.
2: It's all my fault. Oh, man. This this is what I've missed. This I've missed the most. I've missed this the most. So. Beating
1: up on Tug live. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Got to live for something, right? (laughs) I guess. It's a a living. (laughs) Ain't much, but it's honest work.
2: Clearly. (laughs) Do you remember the last time we were alive? Pepperidge Farm Uh, remembers. I remember the last time
1: we were alive because it was just me. (laughs) That's a dead meme, bro. And, I uh, can still
0: enjoy
2: it.
1: No, you can't. Man, it's not can low.
2: you? Yes. Nope. Can you? Are we allowing that? Anyway, <laughs> so I, I've been running the social medias. Um, Tried to do the Facebook thing a little bit more for a while. It kind of, kind of worked, kind of didn't. Mostly been active on Twitter and then in our Discord. So please make sure if you see this Discord link scrolling across the bottom that you click it and go check us out there. Uh, We have a whole bunch of different uh, chat rooms for everybody to talk about. I'm Uh, just saying,
0: during the playoffs and the NCAA college football playoffs, that Discord was lit. You guys were missing out. We were having great conversations with everyone in there. You guys should come join us.
2: And I'll say this too: um, There's a couple rooms in there that that's pretty much going to be the only place we talk about certain topics, right? So, yep. uh, obviously, you know, if something like uh, what happened with Demar Hamlin happens again, you know, like I, I had to talk about it, even though uh, that's not really the focus of the show we're going forward with. Uh, but it, it's clearly a story that needs to be talked about like that. That was something that we've never really seen happen in a football game, and I don't want to rehash it here. Uh, but by and large, the only time you're going to hear us talking about the NFL is when we're talking, hey, do we think these people will go to the NFL? Do we think they have that talent? And it's kind of going to be what our show is going to look like going forward, very college football-centric. And then more specifically, uh, like today, XFL, eventually XFL and USFL, and FCF as well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break things up. We're not gonna smash it all into one show anymore. Uh, this early week show will always be our spring league show, uh, at least until the fall, and we'll have to reevaluate exactly how we want everything to look then. And then our uh, our second show of the week, leading up to the draft, will be draft coverage, and we've got some special things planned for the NFL draft this year as well. So stay tuned. Stick around here for all of that. But without further ado, guys, I see y'all dancing, y'all getting excited. All
0: right, hold I... on. Before, before we hop into to what's actually going on in the football world, I do get a highlight. Ben, I love the Luigi hat. You've had it for a while. Doug, Doug, my man, you've been is tipping the hat. You've been tipping the hat the entire intro. Tell us about your hat, man. You were so happy with this.
1: I mean, I've been touching it unintentionally. I wasn't even trying to talk about it necessarily. But yeah, this is... This is a big old nugget up here. <laughs> this is a certified Western Kentucky Hilltopper chicken nugget. I love it. I love it. He's, he's the red a plush one. I also got a plush one and gave it to my nephew. That's fantastic, man. That's great. I'm surprised you didn't As keep this plush for yourself, to be honest. I'm probably going to go back and get another one. <laughs> <laughs> As for me in my house. We will watch Group of Five football. <laughs> yes. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. So, as the
2: show title says, XFL. Let's get into it. We had the XFL 3.0, 2.1. Everyone look at it. It kicked rock off this oh. week. Rock. Point rock. Oh. Point oh. Yeah. We'll uh,
0: vote. Rock. Point oh.
2: Yeah, go check out our Discord. He he did a hype up speech for XFL 2.0 before it kicked off. And um, just didn't do that for the one that he owns. Oh no, he did. He even wore a okay. Dallas or an Arlington Renegade, Sorry, Arlington Renegades jersey with number 54, his name on the back. Which, by the way, every single jersey has his logo, like in the in the top here on the back. I'm like, all right, man. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's it's getting a little. Some things were a little cringe, uh, but we'll we'll get into overall thoughts uh, both on Saturday, Sunday, and then the weekend as a whole momentarily. But first, screw it. Let's just talk about the games. I'm still thinking about what
0: would have happened if, say, Kevin Warren, when he was the commissioner of the Big Ten, wore just an Ohio State jersey to the game. And here we are with a n- another league commissioner wearing one jersey for one team. Everyone would be up in shambles for any other league with that.
2: There are some other things people would have been up in arms about. But like I said, we'll we'll get to that momentarily. So, All right, all right. First game of the week. It should come as no surprise who won this one because uh, it's up on screen. The, but if you're, along, <laughs> yeah. if you're just listening along, if you're just listening along, well, we will have a surprise for you at the end here. Scams between the Vegas Vipers and Arlington Renegades kicking off the season. The over under was thirty three and a half with Vegas uh, a three and a half point underdog. This was uh, Oof. Oof. Yeah, this was this was an interesting one, uh, because Vegas started out very hot, Dallas. Didn't look like the greatest team in the world, so we'll take us right. We'll get right into the action here. Vegas started off an opening drive, just methodically marching down the field, where Luis Perez found Jeff Bidet, bad it Bidet Bidet like the butt cleaner. I can't. That's where we're going with now. It's Bidet now. Yeah, it is now, it yeah, is, definitely. It's it's Bidet. I. He finds him in the end zone, this I, this feeling like a zombie league. Somebody has to get the first touchdown every single time that this happens, but he got it this time. Uh, they failed the one-point conversion. There's one, two, and three-point conversion in the XFL. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, and so we're, we're sitting at 6-0 for Vegas. Then Dallas answers Arlington. Dear God, this is going to fuck me up forever. Arlington answers with a 6-3 to three, or with a field goal. We're sitting at 6-3. to three.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help that the logo looks more like a D than anything. Facts, mm-hmm. and it's yep. I guess it's trying to be an R, but it definitely is a D. Yep. So, <laughs> all I got to say about the first half, the first half, the jig was up, the news was out. They finally found them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the it, renegades it was, thought they had it made. Oh but my! Man, the Vipers God. were there like for the bounty. Shit. And they they were getting that bag in the first half. The Vipers were. <laughs> Just got to well, be upfront about that. And sorry, I was here, not expecting this, so I'm losing my mind right
0: now.
2: What, you're not a Six fan?
0: No, I know the joke, which is why I find it so funny, because it came out of nowhere for me. And uh, we,
1: thought, we thought the hangman was coming down from the gallows. <laughs> but then we had a second half. And that... Really, really changed the story. Yeah, because
2: before, you know, before half, Perez finds Bidet breaking away for a deep strike. I believe this was a double post route that was run here, and there was no chance Arlington was stopping them. They connect on the two point conversion as well. Going to half 14 to three, this game's feeling like it's going to be a runaway for the Vipers. I really thought it was going to be two. Uh, I did see. I saw the last couple minutes of this first half. I can't remember if I was awake uh, for the first uh, Arlington touchdown or not. Great game. Oh, yeah, I absolutely was. (laughs) I remember this. Dude, okay, so here's the other thing is I was switching from – I was still on a mid-shift, switching back to days. This weekend's been really fun to have football going on in the middle of it. Uh, We're getting there, so – the second half, I, I remember I was like, yeah, I want to I stay up. I want to see the first touchdown. I want to stay up. Neither team is looking like they're doing anything. It just starts out so slow and so bad. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I just want to go to sleep. I still had work that night. And uh, Arlington finally comes through. But not their offense. I'm going to try not to fuck this one up. Tomasai... La-u- Lauli, Lauli, uh, he scores the first touchdown. He's a defensive lineman and he gets a pick six. Big boys, big boy, touchdown, two point conversion failed. We're sitting at 14 9, Vegas. Now, as you can see, Arlington would score uh, six more points, uh, but you know, they're uh, Their offense is more sus than UFOs and the lack of this chemical spill coverage that we've had going on. They have a field goal attempt almost blocked. We're sitting at 14-12. This, by the way, coming off of a uh, Vipers – like Vipers got stripped pretty quickly uh, uh, on their uh, ensuing possession there. So another thing that I noticed that I really enjoyed in this game – Uh, with some of the things that are legal because that's the best thing about this is all these games are available on demand on ESPN plus after they've happened. So I did go back. I was rewatching it. Crackback blocks are legal, which means you don't have to see a dumbass penalty for anything like that. And you get to see people get absolutely blown up legally.
1: And so love, love this league because you can go for three.
2: You out. We'll call. We will get there in due time, my friend. Trust me. We, we <laughs> will be talking about an amazing three-point conversion.
1: Uh, oh, it's, you, it's really crazy to me. Before we leave, Jeff, Jeff Ass Cleaner, Jeff Bidet, because uh, he didn't do anything in the second half, but his first half was like, incredible, and everybody's gonna love him for this. And people might start to think he's actually good. But here's the thing at Kentucky. He was so bad (laughs) (laughs) that I don't understand where this came from. I guess he's developed since then.
0: That is allowed.
1: uh, He was undrafted for a reason and then just got in concussion protocol with the Vikings. And yeah, he didn't do jack shit until now. Just first half out the gate. First half of the season for this new XFL and had a like a really good game. It's probably the second best receiver in the league this week, which never would have guessed ever (laughs) for any reason. I, I do got to say too,
0: by the way, uh, as I'm looking at this, um, One-point conversions, I know we're going to get into it later, but one-point conversions are supposed to be the easiest ones to get. Why do I feel like those have the lowest success rate of the weekend between the one,
2: two, and three-point conversions? I couldn't tell you if that is for sure true or not, Uh, but I can tell you that overall, making these teams actually run a play to get extra points made things a lot more interesting than if the, it would have just been, oh, uh, yeah, sure, just kick a field goal.
0: Oh no, right. I agree with it. I like
1: this. I'm just surprised at the. Well, it conversion. is true, and we've known this for a long time. It's definitely true. It's harder to run plays when you're on the goal line, no matter but, what your offense is like. It's harder to run plays in goal line formation. That's true. Than it is when you have a little bit more space. It forces the defense to react differently. It, when you're on the two yard line, everybody knows what you're going to do. You cover the flats, you cover the inside run, and that's basically all you can do and yep. all you need to do. Cause there's no, never any time for anything else. So if you can cover those things, well, it's going to be really difficult to get those two yards. Yeah. But if you have five yards or 10 yards, well, now things open up slightly you can run a real play, basically. That's fair. It changes the dynamic. And what we've seen from this league as a whole, I know we're only on the first game still, but we've seen from the league as a whole, the offensive lines were not ready for this. No. <laughs> I think, in large no. part, due to not hitting in practices and only having basically like three weeks of practice leading into this at all in the first place, mm-hmm. the offensive lines suffered. More than any other position group, I would say it was worse for the offensive line units than it was for quarterbacks. And most of these quarterbacks this week were but ugly, awful. It was, yeah, it wasn't great. So yeah.
0: it's worth noting too that this isn't preseason, these games count,
1: right? And I, think but they with, had with the some... offensive lines, with the offensive line struggling though, that just yeah. makes it even harder to operate that close yeah. to the goal line. That's fair. Yeah.
2: So it's interesting that we just went on this tangent because I'll, uh, I'll just bring this up later about the challenge. I have a bunch of notes in here. Uh, But the next thing we saw was just a bunch of back and forth. Like these teams actually looked pretty evenly matched if we're being completely honest, uh, which was not the case in the next game on Saturday. We'll get there. A lot of jockeying back and forth. Arlington would kick a field goal to make it 15 to 14. uh, And then Luis Perez throws another pick six. This time, one-point conversion is successful, and that would be the final tally for the Renegades. They're sitting at 22 here, 22 to 14. Meanwhile, Luis Perez would later find uh, Colin Sweeting. I believe his first name's Colin. Let's double-check that. Sanique Sweeting. Not even remotely close. That's
0: nowhere near Colin. <laughs> uh,
2: he finds Sineek Sweeting uh, in the end zone for a touchdown. They go for a two point conversion just to tie it, which I'll bring up, I'll say it right now. I don't know exactly how XFL overtime works. Uh, I think it's the, the shootout, the five play shootout. Uh, mm-hmm. If I remember right, I'm not in. Enti- like well, we didn't I'm get to see one this shirt. weekend. So yeah, sure we'll we didn't find see out one. eventually. Uh, however, what we did get to see, we saw this a couple times, was the onside kick, quote-unquote. This is very similar to what the FCS does, where it is a 4th and 15. I believe it's a 4th and 12 in the FCF, being on the shorter field. Uh, but it's 4th and 15 attempt, and unfortunately we did not see a successful one in this game. Uh, the Renegades would be able to just kneel it out and close this one out. Good teams win, great teams cover. They didn't do that, but the over hit. Which, you know, if you're an over better, life's too short to bet the under, right? This was this was a very good game to start the weekend, which is not necessarily something we're going to be able to say, uh, you know, in a little bit, but in due time we'll get there, right? Just
1: betting so- betting the under, do the do the men in your family gamble? Here, let's <laughs> go.
0: <laughs> so I, I have the uh, I have the overtime rules. If you guys are
2: interested. We'll get there. We can talk about all it in right. a little bit. All right. We'll get there. So, As in, no, not really. <laughs> we we'll, we'll, we we got. I got this all planned out. I got it planned out. So, <coughs> we got some uh, some players of the game, and we will pick live. We'll yeah. pick a player of the week here uh, at the end. But for right now, let's go with our players of the game. I went with Luis Perez, and unless yeah. y'all disagree. Kind of where we're we're heading. I know he was on the losing side, and ultimately his two INTs resulted in 12 points, 13 points exactly for the opposition. And you don't have those. You probably win the game. However, 249 passing yards and three touchdowns.
1: Much better than any other quarterback did this week. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, let's be real, he
2: really threw five touchdowns. So I mean godlike number numbers in week one of the XFL.
0: God damn it.
1: You're not wrong. It just it just it bugs me. How many total passes did he throw? 36. All right, so one sixth of all the passes that he threw were resulted in points. Yeah. (laughs) One seventh. (laughs) Okay fine now, <laughs> who who gives a shit <laughs> he also averaged 6.9 yards per you know nice oh i think that's that's worthy of it right there it's very nice personally <laughs> now you know. perez is perez is fun he's been around the spring league circuits a little while now and he's always a name that i look for because he's fun to watch and he's uh not an NFL quarterback, but that's okay. You don't need to be an NFL quarterback to play in this league, and that's the best exactly.
2: thing about it. He is a he is a spring league god, and he continues to prove it. Uh, he continues to prove it here. That is our offensive player of the week. Our defensive player of the week is there. Is there any doubt? This is this is a beautiful image, right? Tomasai Lauli. One solo tackle, one INT with a 22-yard rumbling, bumbling, stumbling return for six. The thick six, baby. Oh,
0: big thick six.
2: Did you think we were going to give this to anybody else on this game? I mean, come on. (laughs) Come on. It had to be this. It had to be uh, Luhali. I feel so bad. I'm the worst guy to be doing name pronunciations. Second worst. Second
1: worst. Yeah, second worst. (laughs) It's okay. So. I don't know how to pronounce it either, so it's all right. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> but I know we played at BYU. I remember that. Oh, I could have
2: oh, yeah. guessed he played at BYU. I I don't know why they have it, such a it, large yeah. a tr- draw for Polynesian kids, but they do, and really Utah in general does, which is equally weird to me.
1: Whatever. That's it. It's, that's a it's all of them. Pacific region. I mean, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of Pacific Islanders go to California. Oregon has a lot of them. Uh, and the Utahs for some reason. Utah is a fine enough state I guess. I've never been. <laughs> Climate's <laughs> been a little different either. than what they're used to. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a little bit chilly for them. Anywho. But that's why be the worse. thick could ones are in Idaho or in Utah. Something.
2: Utah playing for Boise and playing for North
1: playing Coast State, North Coast State. That'd be that'd be tough. <laughs> Ooh, be brutal. Go play FCS in Maine. Ugh. Ugh. Who wants to go to Maine anyway? Thought I think that'd be fun. Maine is yeah. cool. Maine's not the northeast. Maine is basically just the wilderness separating the northeast from Canada.
2: So Maine is kind of like Prince Edward Island. Like they're part of the US yeah. and PEI is part of Canada, but Right, Only because they have to be. For I actually reasons. know a right. dude
1: who is from Prince Edward Island. So do I. He, like, that's exactly how you would describe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's technically Canada, but nobody gives a shit about no, it's, us. It's not, it's not really Canada. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, back to the XFL. We did have another game on Saturday. What? And this one I was excited for. The Orlando Guardians going up against shit, Roughnecks, uh, who changed their logo ever so slightly to make it somewhat legal, even though the NFL is now in a partnership with the XFL and shouldn't have given a shit to begin with. Oh, it's all just so delicious and glorious. Uh, If you're looking at the screen here, so if you're watching this live or on YouTube, you see what the final score is. Uh, But I'm going to keep that a bit of a secret from you if you are just listening. Just to entice you to come check us out on Twitch. twitch Twitch.tv backslash BDT Football Or Big Dudes in the Trenches. Sorry. Cool. So this game started off very similarly. Huh? It's been a while. It's been a minute. This game started off very similarly to the first one of the weekend. Uh, The Guardians, the visiting team, opened the game with the ball. Then they marched down the field methodically. And scored on a pass from Paxton Lynch to Cody Latimer, former is Broncos Lynch teammates.
1: That dude, is Paxton he looked Lynch like it? He on all... A.K.A.
2: Timothy. That so that was the thing. <laughs> uh, so the two point conversion
1: failed. It's six nothing,
2: and honestly, yeah. Lynch looked very good for, for a decent
1: first two minutes of the game.
2: He looked good for the first two or three drives.
1: Things two, all- two
2: or three minutes of the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> more than two or three minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, Orlando eventually would go for a fourth and three and we're short by about a yard, half a yard. This is where we really started to see the momentum swing. On the ensuing drive, Brandon Silvers hits Jonte Kirkland for six with another failed one-point conversion and we're sitting deadlocked here. Then to end the first and go and into the, the refs, second.
1: Or the refs had six too. It's beautiful. All three teams. God damn. <laughs> it. Yeah, there was there was some controversy over the Pax and Lynch to Latimer touchdown pass. The, the huge extra wide stripes also kind of freaked me out for the refs, gotta say that is a I, weird looking yeah, uniform. Those, I, I don't yeah. get
2: why every time we have a new league they want to make the refs look different than just the standard uniform. It makes I no sense. I would
1: bet that the NFL has like trademarked that look or something stupid.
0: No, cuz I use the like, same stripes the NFL uses.
2: Yeah, like every college Yeah, but they don't litigate. it. was school. like youth
1: leagues. I, I played for the Steelers when I was in senior tackle football. I guarantee you you paid royalties for that, by the way.
0: (laughs) Well, we had to pay for
1: the stickers, but we didn't pay for the, like, just to call ourselves the Steelers. No, we didn't have to pay. Come on, dude. I've seen crazier shit. Yeah, I've seen Houston get sued for having a fucking logo that looks... And everything, so it's... it's, (laughs) Nobody cares.
2: I've I've seen Houston sued for a logo that looks... Vaguely like the Houston Oilers logo, so I mean, yeah, I've seen dumber
1: shit too. Their name to to the Riggers.
2: <laughs> it just made nope. it really
1: uncomfortable nope. for nope. every announcer. Nope. Ever. Nope. nope,
2: nope. As I was saying, and this is why I said Paxton Lynch didn't look too bad for a while. They Orlando put a really good drive together, going from the end of the first and into the second. Good mix of the run and pass, and that was really helping things open up and making things click, but then it ends with a missed 40-yard field goal, and I'm telling you after this, the game was over because over. they couldn't stop shit. Silvers finds Deontay Burris for six with a failed one-point conversion. Borgie. how in the fuck do you say that? B-O-R-G-H-I, Borgi? I think that's how you say it. It's a fun name to I think, say. I think it is Borgie. Max Borgie. Uh he was on fire. His stat line eight carries 42 yards, one touchdown. He got it in the second quarter here with a long of 27. I mean, he he was fun to watch run the ball, honestly. It was it was something to behold. Uh failed to or failed one point conversions on both of those and a 33-yard field goal to end out the half. Houston goes in at halftime, leading 21 to six. Now, Brandon Silvers gets picked off to open the second half up after having a pretty good drive going. But then Paxton Lynch is sacked on back-to-back plays for the second time of the night. I mean,
0: Something about the offensive Orlando lines point. not
2: being ready. Oh, it's it's yeah. horrible because they trade possessions by Silvers throwing an INT and then Paxton Lynch throwing an INT on the very next play. That was the night for him. So in comes Quentin Dormandy for the Orlando guardians. And he has pretty much the same thing happen to him. He gets sacked right. about three times. The guardians just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't get out of their way. And I'll say this. I started doing some chores. I was you know, keeping an eye on the game. I knew he was getting sacked. I wasn't really seeing it as much. From Lynch, at least one each time. So he got sacked back-to-back plays twice. He got sacked four times total in the game. And at least once, he was definitely holding on to the ball too long. But there were, like, the other ones is just, like, they they might as well just sent, like, they sent six, and there's only five down linemen. And so nobody even chipped. Nobody was there in the backfield to help. Nobody chipped anybody. Like, they were just running free. And I think Houston keyed in on that, and that's what led to so much of their success. And we'll, you'll notice who the uh the defensive player of the game goes to. Uh Houston would get another field goal to make it twenty four to eight. And then Dormandy put together a very nice drive, and it looked very much the same way Orlando started the night. Yeah.
1: He eventually each, finds... quarterback, each quarterback got one good drive in him. Honestly, and, that was that was it, and that was the thing. Like they
2: had one good drive, but they're. I mean, we can go through their numbers right now. Fifteen to twenty-one, twelve to eighteen, one thirty-six to
1: one forty-two. Yeah, it's a great completion percentage for both of them. Honestly, like that's solid. You can work yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, the issue is when you have one or more of those incompletions going the other way. Uh, yeah, because there were uh, a three bit less, INTs between more. the two of them. Yeah. Uh they
2: lost a total of 42 yards between their seven sacks that they took. That's a
0: problem. That's six yards a sack. That's nuts.
2: Yeah. Which
1: it makes it even crazier. The fact that you know I only have one sack. God damn it, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've heard that joke
0: up <laughs> every time.
2: Andrew Jameel would be the one to catch the touchdown pass in the second half here. Former Glacier Boys standout of the FCF. Love seeing him succeed there. And, oh, by the way, he's on Tug's fantasy team. So got to love that. They went for a three-point conversion and failed. Now, this was about halfway through the fourth quarter. We're sitting 24-12 to Houston. This game is very far from over for a couple Mm -hmm. different reasons uh until houston drives and cole mcdonald runs the ball in for six they fail on the one point conversion we're sitting 30 to 12 even with the rules here um at 30 to 12 it's pretty tough to
1: overcome that deficit but 30 to 12 is a two score game with these rules yes so it is doable However, when you
2: then can't do anything with the ball again and give up another right. field goal to make it 33 to 12, it's,
1: it's is, all over but the show is Now, over. It, yeah. Uh, I what? will say Brandon though, Silvers Brandon Silvers throwing two apiece. Shiver me Timbers that's two doubloons for both sides. And that's I think, damn, I, think is, oh. <laughs> I think Brandon
2: Silvers is I think Brandon Silvers is kind of like the the Jake Cutler Rex Grossman. Uh, type of guy in the spring league. No, he's the he's care. the Ty Detmer. He's the Ty Detmer. <laughs> he, he is constantly there. He's good yep. enough to keep his job that unless you get somebody that you know is better than him, he will be
1: playing. But he is going to fucking drive can, fans of his team insane. He can sling it when he feels like it. He just doesn't feel like it most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I he's. I he's could not, do that. He's I not all care.
2: <laughs> right. He's not awful, which is – I mean, that's not a horrible thing to have said about you, right? Right. Oh, man. So, obviously, Houston ran away with this one. 33-12 to 12 was the final. Houston covers the three-and-a-half-point spread. And uh, once again, the 35-and-a-half the over, fuck, Houston almost hit that on their own. And that's just <laughs> – Right.
1: I mean, yeah, and if you... – you
2: know. I
0: love that the announcers jinxed the Vegas odds here. In the first game, didn't they say something about how nobody's going to bet the over again?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They're going into the half. Uh, they're like, man, we we won't be seeing too many over bets the rest of the weekend after this because it was fourteen <laughs> to three, and it was a struggle to get there. Right, uh, and then Arlington just their defense rattled off so many points. as I, just,
0: I love it. The Houston
1: Riggers went the off. Anou-
0: the announcer's jinkie jinks is confirmed yet again.
1: The announcer's jinky.
0: Yeah, the
2: announcer's jinky
0: jinkies.
2: <laughs> so we got players of the game for this one as well. On the offense side of the ball, we had Deontay Burnett, the second best receiver, and you could argue best receiver of the week. Uh, across almost every I wouldn't category.
1: argue that, but you could. I guess. You could.
2: He had the uh, second most He had a receptions. better game than
1: the guy I just said had probably the second best game. So, yeah. I mean, you know. I believe maybe he had the, the second most
2: receptions, eight of 11 targets he reeled in, second most yards at 90, a touchdown, and the longest reception of the
1: day across the league, 46 yards. Uh yeah, but even, you see, the problem with that is that's boosting your numbers too much. You're not a consistently <laughs> dominant receiver. You had one break loose, which is cool, but it doesn't do much for me when I'm trying to give you receiver of the week type vibes. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but no disrespect, he had a great other, game. He had a great,
2: even game. with eight other players being targeted across 42 pass attempts, put up the second highest yard total across the league. So that's that's worth mentioning. And he, he did have a great game. This is another guy that is a former NFL player. Uh, I believe he was with the, uh, the giants. I want to say, although I could be way off. And this is somebody that I believe the league, you know, teams around the league will be watching and looking at to see if maybe, maybe he's developed something that they missed last time around. So keep an eye on him. This was a guy they're hyping up a lot.
1: He has Next spent up. some time with he spent some time with the Titans, the Jets, the Niners, and the Eagles. The, the other New York
2: team, the New York the Football Jets. Jets. Got it. Yes. yes. This uh, is a big boy. Yeah. So that's not actually the one that's standing. Is not actually the guy that we're taking. <laughs> I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I believe that is Trent Harris on the bottom, actually sacking Paxton Lynch there. With Uh, one of his
1: four sacks on the game for the record, (laughs) exactly. Which between the three of
0: us, we only have three.
2: Trent Harris
0: accounted for all three of us
1: can't match this the beast of a man that won Defensive Player of the Game for us here. (laughs) Exactly.
2: This was. This was insanity. He had four sacks, accounting for 28 yards lost to Orlando. Honorable mention to the rest of the defense getting three more sacks and one additional non-sack TFL and creating four turnovers. The other edge rusher for Houston, by the way, got two of those sacks. This was just incredible. An incredible performance, an incredible pass rush.
1: It was. At the same time, I am very, very curious going forward if we're going to see Orlando give this type of performance up again to other defensive ends and if Trent Harris can carry this forward. Because we saw the same thing I just said with the last game. Offensive lines were not ready at all all for this this week. So maybe Orlando just has the worst offensive line of the group, which – wouldn't surprise me. I didn't think Orlando had a very talented team on paper at the beginning of this, anyway. But here we are, <laughs> and that's so that that kind of
2: leads us into kind of a day one overall recap: the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the defenses, and I think a lot of that is tied into what we've already hit on. These offensive lines did none of them looked ready, and I think Houston really right. keyed in on that a lot. Uh, which, makes, which sense. makes
1: a lot of sense because they have Wade Phillips. Thank so you. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's your quintessential defensive he, coordinator who specializes in defensive lines. He that's smelt his, the
2: blood in the water and said, right. And attack. Go.
1: Yep. Right. Right. Uh, uh, did you see that clip of him on the sideline, uh, you know, everybody's mic'd up in a league, which is really cool. <laughs> there was a, something about, he was being asked a question. And he's like, What would you do in this situation? And he's like, Well, I wouldn't do what they're fucking doing because this dude can't coach. <laughs>
0: yes, old man. Yes.
1: They <laughs> it took on. them
2: so it took them until the last game of the weekend to realize maybe we should, you know, not mm-hmm. just let anything bit? that the players say on the air. <laughs> right. And then there were just long periods of dead air because there was so much trash
1: talk and But you should, like, that's probably others. Okay, you You can't. FCC regulations prohibit some of it.
0: (laughs) Screw the government. This is
2: free speech. FCC should not regulate free speech
1: or free speech. Like, so okay, all right, they're not inciting riots. We get it. We get it. We get it. Cody Latimer was so good for like two minutes at Indiana. Yep. Yep. <laughs> good to see him again.
2: <laughs> he was he was so good for that amount of time with uh, Orlando this week too.
1: That's cool. Uh good for him. And that's It'll that's probably well- the big- in the rest of the season. So
2: <laughs> That's probably the oh, biggest thing that never works is that three of these four offenses and you could even I would understand if you wanted to trim it down to about half of these offenses actually look good uh because Dallas Arlington look I don't know how I figured out how to Arlington. say Vegas Raiders still right like
1: and they were around forever so I mean it took you a little while you got I it did. if, I'll, if I'll Arlington sticks around for a couple of years instead of folding again maybe you'll remember this time maybe maybe I mean uh, you, game. you still say the LA Chargers instead of San Diego it took you a little bit of time too it's all right it took everybody some time Oh, I guess you're saying that. I guess you're saying, but need uh, them need them to stay in one place for a while. <laughs>
2: exactly. Uh, the games on the whole were entertaining, in my opinion. I don't know what you, what you guys thought from what you saw. Uh, and then the bad, obviously. I think the Guardians' line looked the worst, but I do think some of that plays into the Wade Phillips factor, kind of like we've already talked about here. Right. I think if any team wanted to do that, they could have. Because um, I don't know that any of these teams were ready for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the attendance. Now, this was what was concerning to me. I had you know, reasonable confidence there wouldn't be these issues on day two, and there weren't. We'll talk about that. Uh, but the attendance was not great for the first two games, which is extra disappointing because these were two stadiums that had hosted the XFL in 2020. Tadeku Stadium and Choctaw Stadium in Arlington. So yeah. for the attendance to be poor in both of those places to kick off twenty twenty three tells me something I already knew, and that's that the XFL did not do a great job in right. the run up to the kickoff of, of this league. We'll talk about that more at the end. I want to get yeah. into these next games because we're we're taking a little bit of time here, so we'll try and speed it up It'll here. Go I didn't a have lot longer than I thought we would. Honestly, I
1: mean, it's cool. Uh, cool. I didn't it. have any
2: ugly for anyone, unless y'all unless y'all saw something that I didn't. Oh, just the, the refs look funny.
0: The, the refs were <laughs> ugly. Like, I would, the refs were the ugly, not because of their performance, because right. of
1: their uniform. Right? It was, it was something ben, else. Ben just took over for a second. That's ben
0: cool. Ben's trying to figure out how StreamYard works again. It's been a while.
2: It's been so long.
1: <laughs> I can't remember all the buttons. What do they do?
2: So many buttons.
1: Couple things, I think. <laughs> uh, the next game.
2: This was uh, the team that I'm sure The Rock named and the colors that I'm sure their head coach, Hines Ward, picked. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio Brahmas at home in the Alamo Dome hosting the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Cacaw, cacaw. St. Louis.
1: The call. I got to say, this was the game that I saw the most of of any game this weekend. I saw a little bit of each of them, but this is the game I watched the most of. And I was blown away by just how fun they're really trying to make this league. I don't know if it worked 100% of the time this weekend. There were instances where it was kind of glitchy in spots. But they are really pushing access to everything, and they're really pushing the, the fan experience both in stadium and watching it which is is cool, and I wish the NFL would catch on to a couple of things the XFL is doing here. I think we've been saying that for every season of every spring league, though. There are a few things where everybody does something a little bit better than the NFL right now. Uh, but some of these rules, like – and just just getting down on the sideline after a, a touchdown, talk to the coach. Hey, what, what was going – why did you call it this way? Uh, it seemed like you could have gone for a for it there. Instead, you kicked a field goal. What was the decision with that? That kind of conversation doesn't happen in, in regular football, let, let's say. Uh, you know, the XFL, is it really is something different. And this is the game that solidified it this year for me. I, I know we've seen it a couple of times now that the XFL does it. But just listening to Heinz Ward talk about his team, was was cool. Uh, Just how disappointed little... he was in
2: them not scoring a yeah. single touchdown all fucking game. I know no, they did. They did have <laughs> one touchdown. I take that back.
1: We'll get there. We'll get there. Actually, it, was that, it was. I it was fell asleep for game. that touchdown too. So,
2: <laughs> like, uh, I was the, the, building a power wheels in the second half. Uh, nice. I came back to see to see some some cool shit. We'll get there. So, uh, the Battle Hawks like every other. Visiting team took the opening kickoff, had a pretty good drive but didn't score though. Uh, Jack Cone, starting quarterback for the Brahmas. Uh, I don't think he saw
1: himself in the XFL. Uh, I don't think he, but I don't think he was that... playing football ever anywhere again. I don't the think he was, there it is. Jack Cone is a awful football player. <laughs> This was uh. This was the. He sucked at Wisconsin. He sucked at Notre Dame. Sucked more at Notre Dame.
2: This is the Notre Dame team that lost to uh, Cincinnati and had the ire of everybody ball,
1: for a little bit. Todd, uh, you would to play quarterback better than Jack Cohn if I handed you a ball right now. Sweet. <laughs> That's not Uh, a compliment necessarily. Checkbones not
2: good.
0: Look, I don't look for like world breaking compliments. (laughs) Any slight positive thing, I'll take it.
2: I'll say this too. Some of this was like some of his issues were not entirely on him. You know, he's Uh, hitting receiver in the worst place possible the hands. uh, And eventually, St. Louis would (laughs) grab one of those. And uh, it's just this was not this was kind of a trend for the Brahmins all day where they just, they weren't getting anything done. It took us till almost the end of the first quarter to get any points on the board. And it was a field goal from San Antonio.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think interestingly enough, the Brahmas probably had the best rushing performance of any team, uh, especially with Callan Balazs. But even still, Jack Combs just sucks ass, so they, they were helpless.
2: You know where he's really good,
1: though? is doing hey, that, uh, that ass?
2: Philly special quarterback sneak that the NFL's trying to make illegal. Uh, but it doesn't make a huge difference because they can't score. They can't get in the end zone. There's eventually a strip sack that leads to a pretty good scoop and scurry. Uh, unfortunately, a big man that got hit, uh, he goes down and he went down hard. I mean, just watching yeah. it and seeing his head hit, like at first I was like, that tackle didn't look bad. And then you see the reverse angle, which is another thing. There's so many cameras that the XFL is just willing to show off. And it seemed like this game in particular, they were using it to show just every angle they had access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they show the angle uh, where the defensive player, his head bounces off the ground and it's, I've, I've been in that, you know, I've been in that scenario before Travis Feeney. Fun. Yeah, it's, it hurts. And when you're getting slung to the ground, it hurts even more. Uh, Travis Feeney did tweet out today that he's feeling much better though. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, he also had a sack to go on the day. He had a pretty good game, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think he came back in after that, uh, getting his bell rung there. I don't want to call it a concussion. I never heard one way or another. Uh, This would set up St. Louis in great field position. They get a field goal to tie it, and San Antonio would miss a field goal going into half. Uh, We're sitting at 3-3. to A lot of missed field goals in the XFL this week.
1: You know, something I just realized is the St. Louis Battlehawks have Sterling Hoffrichter at punter, which is a name that once you hear it a couple of times, it's impossible to forget because Sterling Hoffrichter is incredible. And uh, (laughs) he had five punts for 240 yards. Good job, Sterling Hoffrichter. Just I mean, that's not like world-beater or anything, but...
0: Fifty ish yards a punt. Like
1: forty-eight, 48 yards of points, yeah. a punt. God, I mean, it's
0: pretty good. God damn.
1: I, yeah. I know he it's is consistent. a good punter. That's it's probably consistent. why I remember that's him.
2: But yeah. Uh and the the, the Brahmers the
1: would score.
2: The Brahmas would get two field goals and a touchdown in the second half. But the real story comes in. They're up fifteen to three with one. 59 yep. in the game. Yeah. And then things changed drastically. We talked about this earlier. We alluded to it, that there's some different rules in the XFL that make comebacks a thing to behold.
1: So, starts off, Agent McCarran I mean, is... Tug has experience beholding comebacks. God! That was a reach, like. And you provide reach around, so ooh, got him, got him good. After
2: the first or after the last field goal from the Brahmas, that's when things started to change. We're sitting at about the two fifty-two mark when AJ McCarron steps back out on the field, and he leads an absolutely beautiful drive. I mean, beautiful drive. Caps it off. Oh, excuse me! Caps it off with a touchdown pass to Hakeem Butler uh, for 18 yards, and then the most important part—the three-point conversion. He finds Austin Prohl in the end zone, and now all of a sudden, that what? Somebody do the math for me. Twelve-point deficit is now only a three-point deficit.
1: Yep. You did the math all by yourself. That's you didn't Hubbard. even need
2: me. Good job, buddy. And then, we don't do onside kicks in the XFL. No, no, no. We do the fourth and 15. Who does A.J. McCarron find again? That's right. Austin Prohl for 22 yards. And the first down, the Battle Hawks would maintain possession, and they'd get it at San Antonio's 47-yard line.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to step in here because this is something else I really like that I saw in some of the clips after. You guys were mentioning the all-access they actually brought you into the replay officials booth and showed you the conversation with the ref on the field. Right. So you're hearing everything that they're seeing and you had everything from the, Hey, I had his right foot down. I've got a yard line and a hash. And he went 46 yard line, right. Hash. We start on the ready. Like that is, it's amazing for fans to hear what the replay
2: official is saying. Everything that they do. That is the one the NFL has to fucking do. Yep. Right. Right. Um, and we, again, we can get more into that conversation later. Uh, the battle Hawks put together a pretty good drive here, aided by a 15 yard penalty, uh, from, uh, from the Brahmas. And who does AJ McCarron find from the 14 yard line in the end zone? None other than Austin Prohl. And what do you know? They try for a one point conversion on just a simple rush from McCarron. They don't get it. Doesn't matter. 18 to 15 with 16 ticks left on the clock. By the time Jack Cohn goes back out on the field, there's only eight seconds remaining. Thank you, Jay Tugas Jr. for the biddies there. And what do you know? He takes a sack. Game over. Battle Hawks complete the comeback. Man, A.J. McCarron having an absolute amazing game, leading an absolute insane comeback. And is it any surprise who our play offensive player of the game is for this one? I'm going
0: to say, yes, it is kind of a surprise. Cause I was expecting to take any opportunity to take Austin Prol. I'm, to I'm so glad bad. you didn't, <laughs> but if, yeah, it's a little Austin bit of a surprise. Prohl,
2: if Austin Prol had gotten both touchdowns, oh, then 100%. 100%. Well, yeah, 100%. And it, the argument can be made for Austin Prol still because he caught all three other important passes.
0: Well that right. that's why I'm surprised you didn't because the the argument was there that he was entirely oh, valid. I, well
1: and I wanted to. and AJ McCarron has already won. You guys remember his wife. That I mean Oh, you know who else remembers his wife? Brett uh, Musburger. Brett <laughs> Musburger
2: remembers his wife. Goddamn. McCarron <laughs> stat line 18 to 26 190 yards, two touchdowns, long a 33. And yeah, he was he was just mid for about fifty-eight minutes. Yep. But that comeback three point to a three that comeback touchdown to put him back in the game, the three point conversion, the fourth and fifteen, and then hit an God. awesome pole again in the end zone. I mean
1: that's the kind of stuff that the Browns almost traded a second round pick for.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Hold and on. could, you, could you imagine? They only didn't. Because the GM came down and turned off the fax machine, so Hugh Jackson couldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that actually what
0: happened? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on. I want to highlight something here, because we were talking about how Paxton Lynch was good for two minutes and then meh for 58. But AJ McCarron was meh for 58 and then good for two minutes. It all comes right. down to which those two minutes are, man. Sometimes exactly. it's when it matters. Sometimes it's not. Right.
1: Action and-, facts and we're good for the last two minutes. Be a different story.
2: And he's aided by the fact that in the last two minutes of the game, it kind of changes the college clock rules. So it is what it is. Ah, uh, this picture is grainy as shit, but it's the best yeah. one I could find to kind of depict what we want for defensive player of the game. We're just taking the Broncos' front seven because the, this team was incredibly mid uh, the whole game, the whole game. Uh, but they did have nine TFLs, five of them being sacks, uh, resulting in twenty-three yards yeah. lost. And, and the only downside all is of them they
1: came from that defensive line, the defensive front. I don't think I don't think any sacks came from the defensive backs. I don't think so. I mean there were a few this weekend, but I don't think in this game. Yeah. No, I think they I think I think they were in the next game
2: actually. Now we're talking right. about a more uh more anyway. in depth here. But yeah, I mean this they sucked when it mattered, man. And that that's really <laughs> what killed again, them.
1: For me. Again, I think a lot of this can be chalked up to the offensive line is just they wasn't ready. No, but, uh, no, they were not. No, they were not. I mean, I'm rooting for Heinz Ward out of nostalgia. Facts. So get better, promise. Uh, I need you. As I said, St. Louis would win this one, 18 to
2: 15. The over/under, I believe, was set at three, maybe three and a half. So it's either a push or the over/under was set it, at though. three and a half,
1: or the the
2: spread. <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> combining way too much shit here. I would, I would,
0: I would take the over. I'm just.
2: The I, under would I hit know, with the line set. The under hits with the line set at 37.5. Uh, so it's just like just barely under, but still an under. So who knows? Maybe if you took that advice uh, of betting the under the rest of the week from that first game, you weren't entirely pissed off. You would have Although, won one of three games or yeah, one of four you, matchups. You only hit it once. And Maybe you got your hopes up a little bit going into this next one. You would have had reason to as well.
1: I mean, it was uh it was a game that happened. This was a barn burner.
2: Uh it turned into it. It turned into so, it. Well, are... Alright, so
1: this is something interesting that I noticed from the start, and I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's exactly fair, but I I feel like it is kind of So the Seattle Sea Dragons here had, it seemed like they had the draft strategy of let's load up on NFL players. Let's try to get the best NFL talent that we can. And I think that will work out for us and try to out talent everybody. When really team building is a lot more complex than that and making sure that personalities mesh and everything is actually extremely important. And so Ben DiNucci throwing to Josh Gordon sounds really cool, especially if you're from the state of Texas. Uh, At the same time, it's not exactly a surefire thing uh, when you have other quarterbacks who have actually been developing a little bit and you have receivers who have not been suspended their entire life. So th- there are some strategies here at play. I think D.C. and Seattle are constructed extremely differently. And this matchup was interesting to me because of that. It, I think the bigger thing,
2: too, is Josh Gordon's been suspended a lot. But he definitely built out Denucci on the first right. touchdown of the game. Danucci just threw like just, eh. and <laughs> what do you know? Uh, they scored. they they get a touchdown out of it. So it's uh, you know they they failed their conversion. Would get a field goal later to make it nine to nothing. They it looked like they were going to dominate this one. I'm not not even going to lie. Uh, then you go to kind of the next the next drive DC completes a pass massive hit receiver I thought was dead like he just like nails the ground and the wall comes out and everybody's like alright cool you know everybody's walking back to the original line of scrimmage uh, but the officials mark it down where he got murdered and just keep going. That would have been one. I would have liked to have seen a challenge thrown on and, you know, heard the discussion of, Hey, was this actually a completed pass? Was it not? Blah, blah, blah. That's
0: the one I'm waiting for the most. Cause you know, it's going to come up at some
2: point. Was yeah. it a catch? Yeah. I, I agree. And, uh, not,
0: and not just on the, like, did he get the foot down? Like we had already like the, all right, man had two feet did in, got crushed, hit the ground. Pitch? Yeah, yeah. what is this process <laughs> did he complete, of the catch? That's did the he make a football move? That's yeah. the clarification I want.
1: Yeah. Uh, I know, did he have the ball in his hands? I guess that's a football fucking move, geniuses.
2: <laughs> no, the football uh, that didn't of, move. That took us to the end of the first quarter. Uh, and then
1: you DC would, like would just continue to move via feet. <laughs>
2: DC would continue to just march down the field. Tamu eventually would get lead the team down to the one yard line, and on a sweep, score the defender's first touchdown of the new XFL. Cap it off with a two point conversion, and all of a sudden DC is only down nine to eight. And then for some reason Seattle decides, you know what, we don't, we're not going to keep Ben DiNucci in the whole game. We're going to put in Steven Montez, the, the Colorado product that nobody's heard of, because he played who hasn't fucking heard Colorado. of Steven Montez? I, I yeah. have now. <laughs> it's Steven uh,
1: Montez, dude. I, I love how personally sucks.
0: offended Doug got over this.
1: He sucks. Y'all he completed need to one watch pass. 12 bro. It's,
0: why am I trouble. getting lumped into this? Why,
1: because you why don't watch I the Pac-12 12 either.
2: You know what? I will watch Colorado now. Because one, Steven Montez isn't fucking there anymore. And two I mean <laughs> that is good for Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> two, because of who is at Colorado now? That's why I'll watch the Pac-Twelve. Shadur Sanders. <laughs> and his dad. Uh oh,
1: Travis Hunter. Did... You you're really you're a real big cornerbacks fan. You oh love you love Travis Hunter. So
2: Montez does absolutely nothing. And uh they have to punt so it's three and out like it's yeah. like what What was the point here
1: uh, I think that probably would happen who's the coach of uh, Seattle they're doing
2: the run and shoot so that narrows it down a bit it does doesn't but necessarily also... mean that we know exactly who it is based off of that though Jim
1: Haslett okay <laughs> um I think Jim Haslett is a really big Volbeat fan. And that song, Lola Montez, just... I love that fucking song. I absolutely love that song. song. And so now he he has a guy named Montez on his team. He has to play him at least a little bit because it reminds him of one of his favorite songs. Did it matter who he said the coach was or were you going to go with that joke either way? Literally didn't matter who the coach was. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: that'll take us all the way, uh, into the third quarter. And Seattle has the ball about 750 left in the quarter. And they decide, hey, I don't like having this thing anymore. Yeah. Pick six.
1: And <laughs> what yeah, do you know? It's, uh, Interesting strategy, Cotton. Let's <laughs> see if that works out for him.
2: What do you know? They go for another two point conversion, except this time, the Eric King is sitting there at quarterback and he runs a sweep, and that makes the score 18 to 16. We missed a—I I missed a touchdown for Seattle in here, but they scored. Who cares? Like, it, th- this game gets interesting a little bit later. Let's not waste time talking about a touchdown that nobody really cares about, right? right it's running it was a running touchdown nobody cares about running backs uh and then here's what really happened dc in 2020 was famous for the beer snake i mean legendary beer snakes people kind of forgot beer snakes were a thing until the defenders started doing them again
1: for it whatever was re- in ireland well, whatever that was reason. after the Defenders did it, though.
0: I, yeah, I said in then.
1: For whatever reason, I mean,
2: the security decided, no, beer snakes are too fun. I don't you know. can't have your beer snakes. Brutal. Here's the problem. Audi Field was also serving mixed drinks that had massive lemons in them. And so lemons started flying. Spirit and, lemons. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle was backed up in the shadow of their own goalposts and the Jim lemons are helped. flying.
0: I was gonna say, was it the shadow of the goalpost or was it the shadow of the hordes of lemons?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> then this drive we shall pass in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just like lining up and you're maybe you're in the huddle, you're trying to figure out what the play is. You only have like another twelve seconds of the play clock. You gotta get move on, moving, and then you just get smacked in the back of the head with a lemon. Just like what the fuck! Following that, start getting pelted with citrus, dude. That would suck. Following that
2: pick six, which it was only a fifteen yard pick six, like they were they were backed up pretty far. Uh, Seattle would go three and out. The Eric King stays in at quarterback. Uh, He has a big run that gets called back. The drive stalls out. However, the punt pins Seattle deep in their own territory again. And who else? Michael Joseph takes another interception. Doesn't take it all the way to the house. But he picks Ben DiNucci off for the second time of the night. And Eric King does what he does best. Uses his legs, extends a play. This this was the biggest difference between and between DC and any other team. Both the Eric King and Jordan Taamu are a major running threat. And the Eric King in Taamu can run. And they can absolutely run the option with him. The mm-hmm. Eric King running the option, terrifying, like absolutely terrifying.
1: Yeah,
2: a little bit. Like it's a almost bit, like a bit it's goofy. almost like they're running wildcat out there. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. Uh, they would go for a two point conversion. However, a false start kind of fucks them there. They get pushed back a little bit further. There was also, and this was this was weird, right? There was a Seattle player ejected for throwing a punch after the failed two point conversion. They review it in the booth. And this is something that's been, that was brought up in 2020 as well. Because of the way all the kick rules work, this really hurts the team that, this really hurts the kicking team ultimately. If there's a penalty on the conversion, that a 15-yarder on the conversion. Because the kicker moves forward, but you still can't kick it out of the back of the end zone. You still have to kick it in between the 20 and the goal line. like It has to be a returnable ball. So it's 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 weird. And with the defense frozen, right, once the ball hits the ground, three seconds later, I don't know if the rest will blow the whistle or what exactly will happen. We didn't see it. We almost did on this one because it was a real short kind of just fluttering kick. Lands just inside the 20. Returner had to run up to go pick it up and start returning it. But that delay screwed everything up. And I thought he was going to break it. They got lucky that he didn't because I think we'd have been talking about that as kind of a a big negative to this league today, if that would have been the case. Uh, That doesn't happen. Nothing really comes with this drive. We trade possessions until we basically get to what would be the final drive of the game uh, with under a minute or with you know, with uh, Seattle taking over just before the two-minute warning. Now, this was another topic of conversation during the game. You have one challenge. You can challenge whatever you want. We've talked about that a little bit uh, before now as well. Seattle calls all three timeouts before the two-minute warning, so they get the ball with 2.05 left uh, after a punt. Ben DiNucci comes out, incomplete pass. Enough time ran off the clock that we're under two minutes, two-minute warning time. So. They don't have any timeouts remaining in the game, and they now are like they have the college rules essentially for the clock that are going to help them, you know, with the chains moving there. It's not a complete mad dash, but they have some work to do because they're on, uh, they're they're in good field position. They're at the forty-four. They're at DC's forty-four, but they got to get all the way into the end zone here. They have to get a touchdown, a field goal is not going to work here, and they do. They do really well. They get all the way up to the one-yard line, spike the ball, 26 seconds left. All right, what are we going to do here? We're going to try the soon-to-be-illegal quarterback push, scrum, dive. It doesn't work. It doesn't work so bad that Beninucci actually goes backwards three yards and fumbles the ball. It's recovered. By the defenders, that's the ball game. Jamal Brooks, did I get it right? Yeah, Jamal Brooks is the hero, for both forcing the fumble and recovering it. Lemons, beer snake, lemons raining, the beer snake is back. D.C. defenders take home the win here. They beat I think- the spread. They were actually two-and-a-half-point underdogs because of all that NFL talent for Seattle. And the overhits once again, as it was set at 38, 38 and a half. This was, this was another great game. Both of these games came down to the wire. Both of these games had fantastic attendance, uh, with San Antonio actually having better attendance than even the highest attended USFL game from last year. Uh, and they almost had as much as many people at their game as we're at the first two games of the weekend. Uh, so this was a great way to end the weekend. Two fantastic games. Uh, before I go too much further into everything else about well,
1: the weekend, hold up and, on players of the game. I have two thoughts about the game. Okay, I think the real lemon was Ben Dinucci, and the real beer snake was the friends we made along the way. <sighs> I went. I went
2: backwards on the slides for that. Uh,
0: <laughs> before I, I do have one thing to add to what you were saying about San Antonio, though, Ben. Um, it, we'll it, get there. It, well, no, my thing is, is that San Antonio has wanted football forever, and they're just proving it now. That's all,
2: like, that's I,
0: what that attendance says to me.
2: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get more into it here in a minute. Uh, Jacob Pearson, wide receiver for Seattle, he did take in the most passes this week 12 of 14 targets, XFL 95. Uh, 95- 95 yards, (laughs) XFL 2023 record so far. Uh, 95 yards most of the week. Uh, A TD would have made him a shoe-in for Offensive Player of the Week, in my opinion. We'll see who we pick for that uh, here in a little bit. Uh, And then defensive player of the game, we have Michael Joseph, the defensive back for DC. Four solo tackles, five total, two INTs for 37 return yards. And uh, he took one of those to the house. And this, uh, the pick sticks changed the momentum of the game. The second pick really helped push it completely in DC's favor. Uh, like I said, Jamal Brooks, he had the force fumble and the fumble recovery to seal the victory. Got to give him an honorable mention here. But when you're, you're going up against that on your own team, it's hard to give you player a uh, defensive player of the game. But I think, like, looking at day two, the good – we talked about the games at length, right? We talked about the first set of games, probably a little bit longer than we should have. Uh, but not only were the games great, the attendance, the atmosphere was just electric. Doug, mm-hmm. or tug, like you were saying, San Antonio's wanted football forever. The AIF had even less fanfare than this iteration of the XFL had. And they had attendance just like the Brahmas had every single fucking week. So you knew the name recognition of the XFL, the name recognition of The Rock, people were going to show up for that. And the Brahma being a specific breed of cattle native to San Antonio, like everything about and, you know, The Rock's nickname, right? Everything about this, though, it lined up. Golden for San Antonio, and this this was this should have been the game to kick off the weekend, in my opinion. And if it would have been the game to kick off the weekend, they'd have had the same attendance. And guess what? That probably gets people in Dallas and Houston to buy fucking tickets for Sunday too. And like, oh shit, the xfl's back. We got a game in town tomorrow. This game's so fucking
0: good. Fuck yeah, let's go. They should have set up the rivalry and brought Arlington into San Antonio for the first game. Well, well they had every- Brahmas jersey. Yeah, I split. We'll, we'll go split jersey. No, no, fuck, that, no.
1: fuck that. that.
2: He's the Brahma
1: that, bull, and that's, that's, that's for moms where <laughs> when both their sons are on different teams. All right, Danny Garcia can have the the split
2: jersey. That's the other thing. She doesn't
1: have kids playing the XFL. Boy, what you thinking? Get out of here. That's Red. the other no,
2: thing. The. lost my train of Yep. yeah you yep, did i saw that it. happen live. i watched cool. it go <laughs> all right so
1: before b- before bug collects his thoughts uh which may never happen he ain't pimp like that for real but <laughs> think about that one anyway let's name a offensive and defensive player of the week uh i think for me personally defensive player of the week has got to be trent harris With his four sacks. That's eight balls, dude. That's impressive as fuck. Uh, (laughs) I think my Offensive Player of the Week, unfortunately, we don't have a picture up for because I think it needs to be Austin Prohl as as this is a pro-Austin Prohl show. (laughs) And... We, hey, we just need
0: to... Austin, if you somehow see this and you want to come on the show, just <laughs> let us know. I feel like Bug would lose his mind. Um, he would. So, yeah, dude, just just let us he know. Would.
2: I, you know, whatever. I mean, whoever whoever it ends up being, you know, if if, if Austin Prohl wants to come on the show, I'd be fine
1: with that. <laughs> I, I would bet you would be okay with that personally. I would I would be nice. I would probably be more than okay
2: with that actually.
1: Uh I can imagine you enjoying that one quite a bit. <laughs> which actually it's really cool. So Ricky Prol is the wide receivers coach for the, yes St. So, Louis as well. Which is so fun. this was <laughs> this
2: was more the uh this was more of kind of the good of this is just the players being mic'd up. The bad of it was that they eventually got wise to what the fuck was going on and had to start, you know, right. editing stuff out like that. That was kind of unfortunate. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. We got, and who said we didn't have an Austin Prol picture. This is post touchdown. I mean, come <laughs> on, come on. I heard the, the hot mic that was caught was man. I fucking love you. <laughs> uh, this was this was fantastic, and that's why you know going into the DC game, they're a lot lot more careful about the hot mics. Uh, the bad of this was the beer snakes being confiscated, and I say that's bad because it's it's fun, it's harmless. Who does it hurt? Uh, it hurts the players because that created the ugly. I, I get the fans being mad. I don't have an issue with them throwing shit on the field in principle. Uh, But you can't throw lemons on the field to the fact that they are getting dug into the grass and the league can't sit there and not do anything about it.
1: There
2: There was a point in the game where D.C. gets picked off. St. Louis does the stupid fucking let's all go celebrate in the end zone even though we didn't score a fucking touchdown, which I have less of a problem with because taunting isn't a fucking penalty. I still fucking hate it. Like I hate that, I hate it with a passion. Uh, they're getting lemons thrown at them, and they're getting cups thrown at them as well. So confiscating the beer snake leads to all of this. I'm concerned of if this is going to continue to be an issue, and the league continues to not do anything about about it. Like, what's this? This this DC crowd is just a different animal. Like that. Like oh yeah. That's that's just that's just that. Yeah. Uh, and then overall for the week or for the weekend. Allowing the coaches to challenge anything is awesome. Um, challenging – there was an offsides that was challenged that the offsides wasn't called. They went back and reviewed it. They talked through it in the review. There was no offsides. They failed. I believe it was uh, Vegas that challenged that, trying to get a free play. It, it, uh, the rules differences were great. The kickoffs especially are great. The three-point conversion is great. Everything about it is great. The bad, the lead-up, there was little to no fanfare, and then the ugly. The app was literally being updated during games, during the week. The app today looks vastly different than it did Saturday an hour before kickoff. That is pathetic. I mean, this this is the biggest, to me, that's the biggest ugly part of all of this, is that they like how much just wasn't ready for this league to kick off? And it's, I mean, D- Doug, I think you said you got on the app and it was still, it hadn't updated to the point that you were still seeing stuff from the last XFL.
1: That wasn't the app, it was stats.xfl.com, which is still showing, yeah, the last version of the XFL, which is a little bit of a problem, I would think. It would, yeah, There's there's want to change that. Maybe not. I don't know. There's there's been s- new. there's been <laughs> so much time for you to put that into
2: a into like a, an archive. Right. That like it just it makes no sense to me that we're sitting here today still trying to still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Like I do not I don't yeah. I don't get this.
0: It it's still even today it's still like I just pulled it up on air and it's still the old stuff from The last game, last week of games they had.
1: Right, and another thing too, they don't share their stats with other media companies. Even Even ESPN, ESPN. who I thought they had an agreement with. uh, Obviously they do because they're on ESPN networks. But ESPN doesn't even have their stats. The XFL just doesn't share that, which is wild. Wild.
2: So... That takes us into this upcoming week. Tug, I'll let you take it away here, man.
0: Yeah, so it's been no secret. I'm not a huge fan of Thursday football. I don't like the way it lines up the weeks and things like that. But not only do they have Thursday football this week, they did it in the worst way possible. They took two teams that played on Sunday and put them on Thursday rather than two of the teams that played on Saturday to give them that extra day. So they really shorten the week for some of these teams. I don't like the look of that. I understand the schedule is doped out way ahead of time. Uh, so it just so happens that they have two of the better teams in the league playing, which can work for you. But I don't think it needs to be on Thursday. You don't have that many games. You don't have the problem in the NFL where you have in some weeks 16 games. You have four total games. You, you can play two on Saturday, two on Sunday and be just fine. But I'm sure it's a TV yeah. deal thing with ESPN. I get it. Well, it's not even like ESPN.
1: It. It's on. It's gonna be on FX. <laughs> that,
0: that's not even even worse either. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: But it, and that's the funny thing though is it's still gonna be on ESPN plus. Right. Like it's this is this is the cool yeah. thing I will say about all this because the Saturday game is also gonna be on FX. We're still seeing this. This. I guess, handshake agreement, these two companies working together uh, for the spring leagues. When Fox literally just threw shots across the bow about real football not returning until the USFL starts here in another five weeks. It is a a shaky relationship at best, I think, right now.
1: I would wager to say that the Walt Disney Company and Fox... Uh, are done with each other fox has already sold everything they're willing to sell and from here on out they would like to be left alone but disney has its grubby little fingers and everything it just keeps coming uh so just to go back that. just to,
2: to backtrack real quick before we get into what these upcoming games are since we're gonna name Austin pro offensive player of the week which i'm not gonna stop uh he was <laughs> He caught every target he had, four of four, for 49 yards, one touchdown, a long of 22. And he had that three point conversion
1: as well. Calling I mean, Wendy's because he's getting that The dub, four for four. And he's also that four for four. <laughs> I,
2: I, I'll say, too, I'm looking forward to the St. Louis Seattle game. I think this is going to be, looking at the games, I think it's probably going to be the best one of the week. DC and Vegas is going to be a
1: clash of styles as well. Yeah, Uh, I know it's weird. DC has two stylistic clashes back to back, a little bit different. But
2: But. this one's this one's going to be a clash of style. Actually, all on the field. Vegas Vegas is a fine team. Uh, DC is very defensive. You know their strength is very much on their defense. Their offense questionable at
1: best. Means, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see what Perez can do. Yes. Because I think he's capable of dotting him up anyway, but it is also Perez.
2: So. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> right. The next one, we're going to have a game to see if anybody wants to score uh between San Antonio and Orlando. I I'm imagine there's going to be a money... lot
1: of... I'm probably going to... Have find a way to legitimately put money I don't know if Kentucky's even made that legal yet on uh, it's legal in Indiana and Tennessee Uh, the Brahmers are going to beat the shit out of the Guardians the Guardians suck ass they are they've got to figure out something blocking wise yeah they've got to figure out some blocking coverage yeah
2: yeah and then last but not least we do have two of the Texas teams going head to head Arlington traveling to Houston. That'll cap off the weekend on Sunday night. This one, again, Houston, people are saying, picking up right where they left off. This team is very, very stylistically different different to what they were with P.J. Walker leading the offense. Right. Uh, but at the same time, for the Renegades, they're a very different team too. And they, the more I look back at this game, the more I think about this game, they didn't impress really at all. And Bob Stoops definitely has his work cut out for him here. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out and to see kind of what the league has in store for us this coming up week. I'm just excited to be back, boys. <laughs> I'm excited for the XFL to be back. I had a lot of fun watching it this week. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: I'm what also great I'm not going to lie to you either. I'm going to... I'm not going to feel like we're really back until we start talking about the draft, uh, which is what next episode is going to be. And that's that's more my cup of tea, you got to say. Personally, uh, as much as I love the Spring Leagues, the NFL draft is about to happen. I'm going to bust. And
2: it, it would be <laughs> a much more uh, Doug and Tug centric show, but Tug is going to be bed down due to the weather. Potentially I know we'll started. see.
0: We'll see how the weather goes. It's not looking good right now.
2: Um, I have you dick in the dirt over there? I know I said Thursday would be when we would be back on Twitter if you're following us there, twitter.com at BDT football. Uh, I know that's what I said it on there, but it could potentially move to Wednesday. Keep an eye out on Twitter because if Tug's not going to be available, he's going to make sure he gets me his mock draft early and I'll kind of represent him and do kind of what we did last year with these mock drafts. Just give my opinions on the picks from my two co-hosts here and we'll kind of rock from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Kind of looking forward to that. Um, My goal is to eventually do three live mock drafts on Twitch here. So make sure you're following us. It'll kind of be going back and forth. Bug always has opinions, but he doesn't like making the picks himself. So we'll we'll let him talk a little bit about these guys too. But we're doing a pre-combine this week, and then we'll have a post-combine at some point with an extra round. And then we'll do the week before the draft. We'll have another mock draft. Uh, and I don't think we're going to go all seven rounds. That'd be a bit intense. Uh, but probably do three rounds with that one and some trades as well. So going to be some fun stuff coming up with draft coverage. Yep. It's one of my favorite things about football. So
2: <laughs> it is it is one hundred percent that time of the year. And gentlemen, did you know that lizards communicate by doing push-ups?
1: That sounds a lot like freshmen at the service academies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Got him (laughs) off the
0: top rope. I love it.
1: Oh my god, that's perfect. (laughs) Let's leave overhead, boys.
0: (laughs) Take us away, Doug. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were going to go for the links there, Doug, or not.
2: They have been. That's all you.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> they have not scrolling across the bottom. Uh, namely, just think BDT Football. Uh, that's for Facebook, Twitter, uh, Patreon. Instagram is BDT underscore football. Uh, we have our website, BDTFootball.com. Our email, mailbox at BDTFootball.com. And then YouTube and here on Twitch, our big dudes in the trenches. Um, look, guys, hit us up anywhere. We will be happy to respond to you. Uh, do you guys have any last parting shots, or did you guys already take them all?
1: Join the Discord server. It's fun yeah.
0: Stuff. Join it. We're pretty active
1: on there. Uh Doug's level, what, twenty now? More than that, dude. You gotta <laughs> catch up. I've been I've been throwing down that heat in the Discord.
0: Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching or for listening. Just remember, you can't win a game. If you can't play the game.